welcome to Fulcrum Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Episodes will typically be uploaded every Monday, and any changes to that schedule will be posted on our Twitter and TikTok at Fulcrum Pod and on Instagram at Fulcrum Podcast. So be sure to follow us on any of those for previews and information about upcoming episodes. Hi, my name is Sage. I use she, they pronouns, and you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Sage Sindula. Hi, my name is Claire, and my pronouns are she, her. You can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Claire Crease. Today we are here with a Mandalorian recap because next week Mandalorian season three drops and you can bet that we will be covering it. Um, I'm sure as you guys know we have a lot of thoughts about the Mandalorian um, and about the people behind the Mandalorian Um, and so I'm just here to say that I will be toning it down for me personally. I make no promises for Claire, of course, <laughs> but me personally, I will not be, um, I will not be dragging people through the mud. Yeah, we'll see how I'm feeling. Um, it really is all hinging on Miss Bo-Katan Kryze, famously my favorite Star Wars character since like 2020. <laughs> since, since I knew she existed, um, which was whenever I watched Clone Wars. We'll see what happens with her. It's really, it's hard to say right now. I'm, I can't tell, not to already start talking about season three, but like the promo is so confusing to me because it really is giving Bo-Katan antagonist villain arc. But like the motivation behind that has yet to be revealed to me personally. Um, So we'll see if it's actually one of those like, oh, we were lying and she's actually not the antagonist or if they just can't write. We'll see. I'll hold back my judgments until I actually am watching it and seeing what's happening. But if it's not good, I will be slandering some people on here. And I think that's fair. Um, I think that, you know, I am a person who believes that nothing is above critique. Anyways, let's get into season one. Um, my extremely popular opinion is that season one is really good television. I really do enjoy season one of The Mandalorian. Um, I I loved Injarin. Let's just go episode by episode. Yeah. Let me pull up the episode title. I wasn't even to say, let me just pull up an episode guide really quick. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, chapter one of The Mandalorian is called The Mandalorian. <laughs> Why are we like this? Guys, this is the not, most... I feel like, guys, it's so late right now. It's it's like... No, it's like almost 10 for you. That's not really late for me. Okay, well, it's almost 7 for me, which is late for me. So... <laughs> I, I'm just saying that would not be an excuse for me to be, like, going crazy at 10 p.m. But tonight it is. My excuse for being literally crazy is the fact that I watched Narcos all day and then I saw the lula and zine art um from the new high republic book that's not released in the u.s yet so don't know what's up with that but um anyways the mandalorian chapter one the mandalorian um is where we meet din Djarin, uh who is not named yet i don't think maybe he is He's just, he uh, doesn't get called by his name until like close to the end of season one or someone's moff gideon is like 
You're dead. Oh, yeah. It's the last episode of season one. Is there Moff Gideon's like, Din Djarin. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, yeah. So he just goes by Mando for most of the season. But this is where we're introduced to him. He's part of the Bounty Hunters Guild. Sick he's... Bounty Hunters reference. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, he <sighs> is hired to track down um, a very, like, well-paying target uh and the only information he has is he has this little fob that can track them don't know how that works still don't know how that works no when he has that scene where he's talking to warner herzog's character um and he's like and he's like there's you can have this like the like no chain code you can have like their whatever number and i'm like i don't know anything i don't know what you're talking about Mm-hmm. I have no idea what you're saying right now, but cool. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, and the and the information is that the target is 50 years old, and he's like, Slay, I'll go kill this old man. Not that 50 old is old. Man? Not that 50 makes you an old man. Sorry. Oh remember? God. Okay, interlude. Remember that time? This was years ago. I made a TikTok where I called Arlani from the Thrawn books a gilf as in grandma I'd like to fuck and someone was like wow she's only 64 how dare you call her a gilf and then, and then I got a ton of comments that was like wow you really think that like 24 is old because in the caption I was like oh like these are women who are like too old for me or whatever and at the time I was like 18 yeah and everyone was like, wow, this is, like, really rude of you to, like, I'm sorry. When I say I am unserious, gosh, I can't. Anyways, back to the Mandalorian. Din Djarin, a.k.a. Mando, a.k.a. the Mandalorian. He is he is off on his little adventure to go find this bounty. Uh, and on his way, he meets the one and only IG-88, uh, who is a slay bounty hunter droid, obsessed with him, love him to death. And he's also going after the same target. And Din is like, oh, that's like really weird. Like, why are we getting sent after the same target? Anyways, um, they end up working together. Din Djarin's like, I hate droids. Not slay. So incredibly not okay of him. Um, but he's getting better. Um <laughs> um and he he and ig ig88 take down a lot of people i'm pretty sure they're all stormtroopers don't remember um and then they find this little egg and they're like oh well the the bounty's in here that's so weird they open it up and it's a literal baby hashtag baby yoda girl i miss you yeah um claire is wearing a grogu hat and she did just point to it i think she forgot the audio medium i know i just remembered that he's there hypocritical of me because i have famously said that i think he's annoying and i don't like him okay and that's your opinion um (laughs) anyways i don't like babies very much yeah we know (laughs) we know (laughs) In interlude again, I was in New York a couple months ago with Claire, and anytime we saw a child, she would be like, ugh. Okay, that's a bit of an exaggeration. No, it's literally not, so. 
Din Djarin Mando is like, I thought that the guy said it was he was 50 years old and IG-88's like, some species age differently. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. That's why Thrawn, aka Mithrani Roto from the Thrawn series, isn't actually like in his 50s. He's really like 22. Species age differently, you guys. That's why him and Eli Banto are boyfriends. Um, but <laughs> why do people listen to this? <laughs> This might be our worst episode. Um, we'll see how things continue on from here. <laughs> IG-88 is like, okay, I'm gonna kill him now. Oh, that's weird. Okay, that's weird. And so Dinjarin shoots IG-88. Again, he doesn't like droids. He doesn't care about them. He doesn't think of them as people. Dinjarin, that is your one flaw. You have one and that's it. But he's getting better. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about something so unrelated right now. Just I can't. <laughs> Okay, it's it's related. Like it never mind. We okay. Did. I was okay. thinking about not to talk about rough day. The funniest part of that fic to me is that the reader character is like Grogu's babysitter, but she hates him so bad. And like Din will be like, Can you stay on the ship and like watch Grogu? And she's like, Oh my god, I'm literally gonna like end it all right now. Oh, that's your just job. Like you. <laughs> that's your job. Okay, sorry. I know a lot about Rough Day, unfortunately, but we can't. Anyway, continue. Anyways, no, that's episode one. That's uh, literally episode one. Oh, yeah, because it ends when he finds Goku. Because they, okay, mad respect to like the marketing department, though, because they kept Grogu a secret. Like, no one knew that there was going to be a little green baby in this show. And then, and then, like, the second this episode released, they were like, here's. Five million pieces of merch that have this little baby on it. Please buy them. And yeah, Grogu capitalism happened. Grogu capitalism. Listen, I love Grogu. Like he is my guy. I love him so much. The thing is, is everyone's like, I hate Grogu capitalism. I do too. I do too. I wish they made make other merch for Star Wars that's not, you know, Grogu. I own almost all of it though. I own a lot of I'm it. I'm not even lying tell people that you like star wars and then it's your birthday and then they're like here's a shirt with grogu on it okay i'm trying to okay sorry there's this one grogu shirt that i literally hate so much like i enter like a fit of rage whenever i see it and i'm trying to find a picture of it there's there's too much merch i can't even find this one shirt that i'm trying to find oh i can't find it okay but anyway the the shirt that i'm thinking of it's like it's a plain t-shirt and it has like a thick black like circle with like two dots and like triangles that are supposed to be Grogu's ears but it looks like a literal infant drew it and it doesn't look anything like him and I used to see it like it used to be in like every official like Disney store it would be on their web like everywhere this stupid shirt and I and one time I was at Disney and I saw someone wearing it and I was like I hate you so much <laughs> anyway but yeah, I do own a lot of Grogu merch, like more than I would like to own. Me too. I have my, okay, I have the like giant Grogu Squishmallow and I use it as a pillow sometimes, like on accident, I'll just like fall asleep on it. And it has caused me like the worst neck pain of my entire <laughs> life. So Grogu Capitalism, I think should reimburse me for the money I'm going to have to pay to go to a chiropractor. <laughs> They say Grogu capitalism's harmless. Obviously, it's not. My neck hurts. I feel the consequences every day. (laughs) 
um episode two of of the mandalorian is called the child it is about um dinjarin taking grogu out of wherever he is and he's like i need to take it back to the place oh but they're gonna kill him so i'm actually on tatooine i don't remember how he got there why he was there wait was grogu found on tatooine lies but how did he get there okay i'm playing the episode okay okay so starting over so episode two the child he's on tatooine i think i'm not sure i'm trying to watch it and it's not working um but he is protecting grogu and is like oh i need to take him back to the place oh let's just spend the night here on tatooine before i do that and then they run into a bunch of jawas okay and the Jawas are like, I'm going to take the baby. No, that's not what happens. I think part of his ship might be broken, something like that. Jawas take a bunch of stuff from his ship. Right. That he needs for it to fly because his ship is a piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, tries to get it back and they kind of... They make him... Well, basically, he runs into Quill, right? And then he's like, oh, go get the egg from the little rhinoceros guy and so he does and oh my gosh so he has to fight this rhinoceros and dinjarin is getting his ass beat like he is losing badly and he's almost about to die right and then grogu like reaches out his little three fingers like that and and lifts this rhinoceros thing up into the air just in time and then dinjarin kills him kills it dead kills it with the knife or whatever and it's like oh my god this baby it has magic powers i don't know what's going on (laughs) um then they give the egg to the jawas he gets his stuff back and he is ready to go and that's the end of episode two we have episode three is next the sin mando is like on the version um and he goes to return grogu to get the money that he is owed but then he's like oh wait they're gonna kill this baby i can't do that i can't and so he steals grogu and they leave and now they're on the run now the plot starts they're on the run and then we get to episode four banger so banger directed by none other than bryce dallas howard guys i'm telling you she's the best Anyways, thing she has touched in Star Wars is-, is phenomenal. However, it is unfortunate. Sorry, I said I wasn't going to slander, but we have to. This is where Cara Dune does get introduced onto the show. Okay, can I just say my piece on this and then we can move on? Yeah. Cara Dune is literally a survivor of Alderaan. And they wasted that plot line on Gina Carano. Are you kidding me? It could have been so good. And they didn't even like explore it. They mentioned it like twice and then just let her like beat people up. And then Gina Carano was literally the worst person on the entire planet. So she got fired. And now we don't get an Alderaan survivor plot line. Thanks so much, Gina Carano. I hate you. I hate you so much. Anyway. Gina Carano has... I think both of us blocked on Twitter. So does. I never said anything about her on there. Never said anything about her. Literally nothing. And I am blocked. Okay. 
Okay. Anyways, she probably said I had pronouns in my bio. No, but I'm literally convinced she went, she got like a block list of like gay people on Star Wars Twitter. Yeah. That's really embarrassing. Girl, like you're a full adult with a job. Well, I guess she doesn't have a job anymore. She has jobs. They're not good. Did you see that she just made that movie that was like one of the lowest rate, like box office whatever ever and I was like so true I don't doubt it yeah anyway she is introduced in this episode okay I'll talk my, I'll say my piece on Cardoon and then just to get over with we talk a lot about women on this show I really I really do love them women um when they're written well and it's not only because Gina Carano can't act to save her life I mean that's definitely a part of it but that's not all of it Cara Dune is written as a man with boobs and by that i mean every single one of her qualities is a typical hyper masculine quality um i don't even mean that by like like i think women there's lots of women people i know who have masculine qualities that's not what i mean i mean like literally strip her character down into parts where you could replace her with man and nothing would be different literally nothing um and that's not how you write women that's not how you write any character anyways that's my piece with her i don't like her i don't like gina carano gina carano um has me blocked so i didn't even say anything about her but she's interested in this episode and this episode's really good um besides that uh it's directed by bryce Dallas howard as we said and this is where we kind of get this like domestic dinjarin for once he really is like i'm just taking this kid and we're living on this farm for a while oh no there's some bad guys and then they defeat the bad guys and then they live on the farm for like a couple more weeks or maybe months it's unclear there's this beautiful woman who is just like oh, she's so great and people hated her for no reason i mean the reason was that she flirted with Din Djarin and they wish that was them so bad. It's so interesting when women in Star Wars, I, I don't even know if I if this is about like other fandoms too. I've never even heard of this before entering the Star Wars fandom. But when when a woman flirts with like a legacy male character, like I mean that by like a character that's been in Star Wars before, established before, and the whole fandom hates her. And by that, I mean the women in the fandom hate her. It's happened multiple times, most recently in The Bad Badge. It's because some female Star Wars fans live in a fantasy universe in which they are dating their favorite male character. And so when a character shows up in canon and like actually has any kind of romantic tension with them, they're mad about it. I open AO3. It'll be okay. Just go read a fan fiction about you and Din Djarin living on a little farm planet together and leave her out of it. Yeah. Let's not drag another woman's name through the <laughs> mud. These are fictional people. Anyways, um, I can't wait till they give Din Djarin a boyfriend. <laughs> they already have given him like six. Rephrase. I can't wait till they let Din Djarin kiss one of his boyfriends on screen. <laughs> there we go. But yeah, basically by the end of this episode... There's another bounty hunter coming for Grogu, and Din Djarin is like, 
they will never leave him alone. They will track him down. I don't know why. I mean, he kind of has an idea why, but he's just clicking together. Um, but he's like, yeah, I'm going to have to keep moving with this kid. And then he does. And that's the end of the episode. Barcelos Howard should direct everything, I think. Um, and that was episode four. Now we have, <gasps> speaking of Din Djarin's boyfriends. Oh, wait, no, this is not the episode of Din Djarin's boyfriend. I thought it was. I this episode. I thought that you were about to call Toro Calican. I know. One enemy, Din Djarin's boyfriend. I know. I thought, I saw Gunslinger and I was like, oh my God, cop man. I, I hate that man more than words can describe or cal- cal- like like if he's if he saw me on the street he better run in the other direction because <laughs> I was okay up. okay but this is the episode where we get fennec shand what happens in this episode why is he on so he's back okay. on Tatooine. can we retire the plan <laughs> it's just it's okay now we're gonna spend the entire season on mandalore okay yeah it's fine no they're gonna go back to Tatooine. watch it so basically they're there and they're there because Mando is looking for a job. He has no money and he needs to feed his kid. So then he runs into Claire's number one and <laughs> public enemy number one. Top five Star Wars characters I hate the most. He's up there. Admiral Rampart is probably number <laughs> one. Who else is there? There's so many that I really hate a lot, mm-hmm. but they're not coming to me right now. I could name a few, but I feel I fear for this the state of this podcast. <laughs> no. Oh, he's not in the top five. Really? That's surprising. You talk a lot of shit about him. I talk a lot of shit about his fans. Okay, true. Okay, true. Because <laughs> they're right. the real problem. I didn't have an right. issue with it. Well, like obviously I had an issue with him, but like right. I didn't have a problem with I didn't have beef with him until his fans showed up. Anyway. Fair. Anyways. I hate Dora Galkin a lot. Um, he's basically like, I oh, need Ashley is so up there. Oh my god, Brooke from Star Wars Rebels and whatever Thrawn book he was in. Oh my god, don't tell the Thrawn girlies, don't tell Chiz Twitter. No, I hate him too. I will fight him when he died. I cheered, standing ovation. Okay, anyway, continue. <laughs> I'm sorry, changing the subject. Damn. Okay. <laughs> uh, Calicat is like, I need help. This is my first time being a bounty hunter. We'll split the profit. Dinjarin's like, okay, I have nothing better to do. the The person they're hunting down is renowned assassin Fennec Shand, um, played by literal icon Ming Na Wen. I love that woman so much. I love that woman more than water and air. Um, but basically what happens is they are getting their asses kicked and then they're not. They capture Fennec Shand and then for some reason, Din needs to go back somewhere for something. I don't remember. Fennec and Torokalkan are alone and she's like, you know that bounty hunter guy, that Mandalorian, you know he and whatever, like person he's with are like worth 10 times the amount that I'm worth and so Toro Calican shoots her leaves steals Grogu threatens Pelimoto canonical misogynist yeah and then so bad and then what's his face Mando kills him end of episode that's literally what happened 
love it. Um, wow, I forgot how short the season was. Um, chapter six, The Prisoner. Playing as the second season. Okay, well, it's still short. I guess this show is just short, is what I meant. My God. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you for listening to Fulcrum Transmissions podcast. Episodes drop every Monday. I will no longer be on the podcast because Claire is rude. We talking about the Mandalorian for like eight weeks straight. We'd go up in viewership, in downloads. (laughs) You're like, thank God, Sage, Sage is not on this podcast anymore. Anyways, Chapter Six: The Prisoner. Mando is still looking for a job. He's Oh my god, I guess what I just realized. <laughs> Mando is literally, Din Djarin is literally that meme that's like, oh, your unemployed friend on a Friday night. <laughs> You're like, oh, what's Din Djarin doing? He's unemployed. Yeah, he's looking for a job Um, with this child that he picked up. Also, he's breaking someone out of prison tonight. Uh, That's the basics of this episode. We meet this group of people who are like just horrible and crazy and they're going to break out this one guy who's a Twi'lek and he is the brother to this girl who's a Twi'lek and she is literally everything she slays (laughs) so hard um and then the there's this also Bill Burr is there for some reason (laughs) Not Migs Mayfeld. Maybe he's in my top five most hated. So he's what I was talking about when I was like, why are there so many side characters on the show who I literally hate? Anyways. If he never appears on the show again, I will stop watching. He won't. I hope you're right for my sake. <laughs> um, but he, yeah, they all go to this prison, get this guy out, and then Matt Lanter is there. He so is. I was literally just thinking about that. Doesn't yeah, probably. And he, he's like, I will be calling the police. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best Mandalorian synopsis I've ever heard in my life. And then, um, and then they're like, no. And so one of them, I think it was the girl, kills Matt Hunter, just dropped dead like a fly. And then Mando's like, oh my God, that was not the plan. And then they're like, well, we're leaving you here. And so they lock him in a cell. He's out because he's Din Djarin. And then he locks all of them up, takes the the guy who is like the money, like why he got there in the first place, takes the money, takes him back to this place where he got hired by this guy, I guess, and then gives, like puts the tracker on them. And then the New Republic, Featuring Dave Filoni, and I think Deborah Chow is in this one too. <laughs> and <laughs> them out of the sky, and Dinjarin flies away with Grogu. The end. That is um that is episode six. <laughs> episode seven. Wow. You know I really do love this show, but every single episode is exactly the same. <laughs> Because it's like it's a mission of the week show, but it's like a good mission of the week show. Yes, yes, yeah. Anyways, um, love the show. I really do. Uh chapter seven, the reckoning. This is where we get Moff Gideon for the first time. Um basically, I think Grief Karga is like, hey, remember when Grogu like saved my life? I don't know if that actually happens in the season. I don't think it does because Quill's not dead yet. Oh no, no. yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's in this episode. Grief yeah. Karga is like, come back. 
join the bounty hunters guild all your friends are dead which isn't true but he does say that well he doesn't actually say it in those words but that's the gist of it and he gets there dinjarin gets there with grogu and they're like oh we need money or whatever i don't know what happens somehow at the end moff gideon is there and he's like i will get that baby and <laughs> and um at some point grief cargo gets like messed up real good by this flying thing and grogu like force heals him with his little fingers no one was mad about that no one was mad about him force healing by the way but when ray does it society man society <laughs> um, at, i think at the end grief cargo like or not grief cargo yeah no he's like he and dinjarin and cara dune is there again isn't this when din gets like messed up and so they have to take his helmet off to like i think that's the last episode okay that's the next one yeah no in this one it ends when grief cargo I almost said Pedro Pascal. Din Djarin and Cara Dune are in, in this yeah, place. They're in the bar. And Moff Gideon. Yeah, yeah the bar. Like, Din Djarin, I know who you are. Yeah. Okay. I remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the same time that's happening, Quill is taking Grogu back to the Razor Crest. So that's what's happening. The last episode. <laughs> Grogu when he was in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we hitting babies on the Mandalorian, you guys? What basically happens in in the last episode is Quill dies. Uh, Grogu is alive because, once again, the hero of the story is always a droid. And (laughs) IG-88 takes him back to Din Djarin. Din Djarin literally almost dies. Literally is, like, blown up. He's messed up real good. and then they find a way out of this bar that they're in that is like getting invaded by stormtroopers and Moff Gideon I think might still be there I don't know and so Cara Dune and Grief Karga escape Moff Gideon goes in his ship because then Din shoots him down and that's when he gets out and he's like I have the dark saber sorry that is like the very end Claire you spoiled it you spoiled the end Moff Gideon go oh my gosh anyways basically IG88 saves Dinjarin's life, and this is the first episode that we see Dinjarin's face. We see Pedro Pascal, and he is so. That was probably the first time I like. Yeah, I know who he was before this show. Yeah, I didn't even. I don't think I did either. And then, anyways, oh my god, what a what a scene! He basically gets back to sprayed on the head, and they like go into these tunnels. There are a ton of helmets on the ground and the armor is still there somehow. And she uses new Beskar, I guess, to make a new like little brand. What is it? What are those things called? It's the little like clan of two thing. That's like, yeah, I don't know what they're called, but the symbol for it is the mud horn or whatever. I don't know. Maybe that was earlier. I don't remember. Um, But (laughs) basically she's like, find more find more oh no this is where he's like oh he, he grogu the baby's a jedi and she's like you need to find more mandalorians because they'll lead you to the jedi and take him back to his kind this is your new job is to take him back to his kind whatever um they escape 
they go in this like boat thing with this R unit who is on like legs and is like a ferry boat driver, I guess. It's really giving like, oh, what's that river in Greek mythology that like takes you to the underworld? Oh, the river of sticks. Yes. Yeah, that one. Um, <laughs> that's what it was giving. I'm not even lying. And then IG80 is there and they're like, oh, there's stormtroopers at the front of this tunnel that we're like swimming through or like boating through or whatever. And then there's, we can't like shoot him out. We're all going to die. And IG80 is like, I'll self-destruct actually. So he walks through the lava until the up until the entrance and then blows up all the stormtroopers so that they can escape. It's literally so sad and that is when Pedro Pascal slash Dinjar and slash Mando is like, I actually love droids. I actually think that they're great. See, I told you he's getting better. And that is when they shoot down. He goes on a jetpack. That's what he gets. That's what he gets from the armor is the jetpack, not the little thing. He gets his jetpack, puts it on. Flies up to Greek cargo ship, not Greek cargo ship. Whose whose ship is that? Moff Gideon's ship. And then he shoots him down, and then he gets out and has a dark saber. Ha ha! So scary, so funny. Uh, how did he get it? We don't know. Is Bo-Katan safe? We don't know what's going on. Um, and then that's the end. That's the end of season one. That took like a whole hour to explain the beginning of season one. Okay. All right. Let's season two. Okay. Season two. We start right. with. Chapter nine. So chapter nine is called The Marshal, um, named after one Cobb Vamp, because Din Djarin is looking for other Mandalorians at this point. And everyone's like, hey, there's this guy who has Mandalorian armor, so he's probably Mandalorian. Turns out he's not. He just stole Boba Fett's armor. And then Din's like, give me that. And then they're like, and then he's like, what if we kiss instead? Um, no, just kidding. That doesn't happen. But like in the subtext. There's there's this deleted scene actually where um Din Djarin like goes up to Cobb Vanth behind the bar like where re- like remember where Cobb Vanth escaped from when all the people were coming yeah no there's a scene a deleted scene that got released during Star Wars Celebration last year where he goes behind that bar and like Cobb is like tries to pull up his helmet and is like no like I can't take off my helmet and so he like kisses the nape of his neck instead (laughs) when I purposely use random misinformation on the internet (laughs) no I'm serious I saw it I was in the room I was in the room are you kidding um anyway came up to me and was like do you want to see this deleted scene from the Mandalorian I was like yeah of course he goes oh it's gay and I was like well you're done you will you stop talking shit about me on the internet that was the agreement, actually. Anyway, um, so Din Djarin's like, I'm going to take that armor back from you. And he's like, can you help us kill the crate uh, dragon? Great dragon. Yes. It, <laughs> the great dragon. Um, and then they they do that. And then he's like, OK, fine. You can take this Mandalorian armor that actually belongs to Boba Fett. But he doesn't know that yet. Um, and then they kiss. I would just like I would just like to insert that the f- fight scene between the um crate between the crate dragon and dinjarin and cop fan is very homoerotic <laughs> well, anyway mm-hmm. chapter 10 the passenger no you missed the part where where dinjarin is talking to the tuskins that this is where we get up with them to kill the crate dragon 
Because yeah. Tom Vance was like, I hate you guys. You stole all our stuff. And Din Djarin was like, chill. You're on their land. Yeah. Um, but this is where we get, it's revealed that they speak sign language. True. Anyways. Go Chapter on. 10. <laughs> Chapter 10 is called The Passenger. Um, and this is when Din Djarin and Grogu meet frog lady icon and she's like can you help me get back to my husband and so we can protect our eggs um and din is like sure because he needs money um so he brings her back to her planet but then like i don't know it's really cold something happens to their ship because it's a piece of garbage and something's always wrong with it and then there are these giant spiders which i didn't like because i'm horrified of spiders um and they like attack din and grogu and then they eventually get the ship working. I think Dave Filoni is there again. Um, <laughs> um, he just kind of shows up. Trapper Wolf, I think is his character's name. Anyway. He has to put the wolf in there, huh? No, literally. When will there be wolves in Mando Season 3? Anyway. Um, and so, and then Frog Lady gets reunited with her husband. And it's so cute. And I'm obsessed with them. Also, Grogu, like tries to eat her babies um is successful (laughs) it's quite a few um but then she they end up having one of the eggs turns into a tadpole or however frogs work i don't really know um (laughs) episode 11 let's talk about it episode 11 is called or chapter 11 episode 3 of season 2 is called the heiress and it is about one Bo-Katan Kreese. Like, it's actually just about her. Din, sorry, is not your show anymore. Um, also, the thing is that I, so I watched season one of The Mandalorian and I was like, wow, this slays. I should watch the other Star Wars TV shows because I was like only, I was like an only movies fan. And then I watched The Clone Wars and Rebels and I was like, wow, I am obsessed with Bo-Katan Kreese. She's the greatest Star Wars character ever written. And then Mandalorian season two came out and there she was. And I was like, oh, they did this for me. Um, but she, so she is with, so so Din is still looking for other Mandalorians. And then these guys are like, we'll take you to some Mandalorians. But they actually trick them and they like throw him and Grogu in some like thing that has, like they're going to drown him and then take his armor. I don't know. The point is they try to kill him. And then Bo-Katan Kree shows up with Cosca Reeves and Axe Woves. And they saved Shout him. out to Mel. Axe Woves Nation. <laughs> they saved Din Djarin. And then he's like, oh my god, slay. And then they take their helmets off. And he's like, wait. You're not supposed to be doing that. And she's like, oh my god. You're part of those stupid children in the watch. Bestie, I promise you can take your helmet off. It's literally fine. Uh, thank God she takes her helmet off because she is really hot and I like to see her face, especially now in season three when her wig looks better because what were we doing with that wig? Anyway, um, and so then she's basically like, if you help me like attack this Imperial ship, I will help you find a Jedi. And so they attack this ship and then she's like, just kidding, we're actually stealing the entire ship. <laughs> and she's like, I did not sign up for this. Um, and then there's like this Imperial guy and he's like, I know you're after the Darksaber, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay, what about it? Um, but then she's like, okay, Din Djarin, you held up your end of the deal. Here is my friend Ahsoka Tano's phone number. Um, you should call her. She's really cool. 
Also, I do think it is really important to note that this means that Bo-Katan and Ahsoka stayed in touch because Ahsoka has been moving from planet to planet and she knew where she was at that moment, which means they still hang out anyway. Or they at least like call each other sometimes. That's really important to me. Um, And then he leaves. And then we are on chapter 12, which is called The Siege. Mm-hmm. And this is when they team up with Grief Karga again. This episode, you forgot. Kind of. Something. You forgot well, that to mention that um, the heiress is directed by Bryce Ellis Howard. Of course, because she's the only the only people I trust with Bo-Katan Kreese are myself, Bryce Ellis Howard, and Katie Sackhoff. That's yeah. It. You know who? You know who? Actually, I would add to the list, Deborah Chow. That is true. That is true. The way that she directed Riva. Yeah, there could be others. I just like don't know yet like there are definitely some star wars authors who i'm like i would like to see you write both tankries but like i i don't know yet we'll see um but then chapter 12 is kind is i don't know it's just kind of there i don't have a lot of strong feelings about this episode they team up with grief karga and that blue guy to like cardoon is there no (laughs) this is the episode where no no wait Oh no, this wait, which one is the one? Oh no, that's not until later. Okay, that's not until 14. This is the one. Is Cardu not there? I don't know. She might be. Okay. I don't think she is actually. Mm. She's she stayed black on um Navarro because she's like the marshal there or something. But Grief Karga is like doing his own thing. Because okay. his ship is broken again. So he's like, we have to go back home. Fix right. Um <laughs> what how are they going to move the plot along in the new season when he doesn't have a ship that breaks down every five seconds no this is the episode where they find out about the what's the project called the the clo- the literal cloning for sensitive people project right. i want to say it's harvest but i don't know if it That's is what i was gonna say project harvester but i thought that that was the inquisitors no no you're right no it's project harvester is the one yeah no this is in this episode for sure yeah Project Harvester was a codename for it is the inquisit inquisitor operation to capture young force sensitive sensitives, which then okay. So I was happy. Yeah. So it is, it's all connected. Um, this literally anything that happens between the end of Revenge of the Sith to the beginning of the Force Awakens. Wait, not Project even though, because there's that arc of the Clone Wars where Cad Bane is like kidnapping force sensitive. Yeah. Palpatine. You're right. So it starts before that. Anytime anything Palpatine is alive during, or I guess is not alive during, but is cloned during. Remember at I'm sorry. Remember at the end of the Bad Batch season one, where what's your face? Was that Nala say whichever one of the Kaminoans got Mm -hmm. taken to that like secret cloning facility and then they just never mentioned it again? I do remember that. Crazy. Remember when Omega like went up to them and was like that Dr. Perishing wears in the Mandalorian and everyone was like, wow, yeah. it's all coming together. And then they were like, it's not coming together because we will never address this again. I okay. know, actually it didn't happen. Back to the Mandalorian, back to the Mandalorian. Right, right. Chapter 13 is called The Jedi. Um, and this is when Ahsoka Tano shows up. Okay, Dave. Um, but basically Din Djarin got her phone number bogatan and he shows up and he's like this is my baby he is force sensitive can you train him and ahsoka is on this planet slaying as she does and she 
She's asking about Thrawn, which we know the Thrawn girlies went crazy for that one, which this was very clearly the like backdoor pilot for the Ahsoka series, but whatever. Um, and she's like, this is when we find out that Grogu's name is Grogu because she's like, okay, Grogu. And Din's like, who? I've just been calling him kid. Um, but he he is named Grogu. And she's like, I will not be training him because he is too attached to you. And like, I've seen what that can do to a Jedi. We're not going down that road. Um, and then Din's like, but what am I supposed to do with him? Or first they team up, which is Slay, because it's like a Jedi and a Mandalorian um, to like help this city that's been taken over by that woman something else beth the one i will say the line a jedi and a mandalorian they'll never see it coming changed me on a fundamental level and then she's like but if you take him to this old rock so he can do some stuff geode and the mandalorian confirmed guys i know a lot about star wars (laughs) okay um and then she's like if you take him there and he'll do some stuff and then like a jedi will sense it and come running chapter 14 the tragedy i love this episode a lot um i'm sure we all Wait, know we need to start i need to i need to start this episode the episode starts with din and grogu in the razor razor crest and it did it's like did it's like grogu and like grogu like looks oh, up I love and, that. and then and then and laughs for like the first time i have that scene like it's like in my brain like tattooed into the crevices of my brain i was yeah, also that was really good um so they go to the planet with the old rock that Kuroku's supposed to sit on i feel like dinjarin right now when he's like when they're when they're at the rock and he's like is there a power button Dinjarin is literally like probably one of the smartest characters in all of Star Wars. Like he's genuinely a genius. Remember but he just called him a himbo. When people were like, ah, Dinjarin, my himbo king. Shut up. You know what a himbo means. What is wrong with you? He's literally so smart. That was that made me But yeah, so they they go and Grogu sits on the rock and he like does some stuff. And like reaches out through the force, and then Boba Fett and Finnegan show up, and Boba Fett's like, "Girl, you have my armor, give it back." And then the Empire shows up, and Moff Gideon is also there. Lot going on on the rock planet that just looks like Southern California because it is. Um, <laughs> Hashtag oh my God, Los area. <laughs> <laughs> um they so boba fett and fennec show up and then he's like can you please give me my armor back um and then moff gideon's ship shows up and also this is when the like dark troopers show up and they take grogu and the razor crest gets blown up which was really funny um sorry din but it was actually hilarious it was so sad (laughs) his ship got blown up i laughed because that thing was a piece of garbage but it had so then boba fett is basically like well, I agreed to protect that no harm would come to your kid. So I'm going to stick with you until he's rescued. And Fennec's like, guess I'll come too because we're besties. Um, and then he does give Boba his armor back because she shows him like his like chain coat or whatever. That's like, this was my dad. His name was Django. And now Grogu has been kidnapped by Moff Gideon. <sighs> 
Chapter 15, The Believer, Return of Bill Burr, flop. They go, they like free Bill Burr from literal prison. They're like, you need to come with us because we need to do something. We need to get the location of Moff Gideon's ship so that we can get Grogu back. And so they go to some planet and Bill Burr is there and he's like, I'm not going in there because everyone will know me. And then, and then Boba was like, let's just say they might recognize my face. That was so funny. And then Din is like, fine, I'll go. And he puts on the like shore trooper, not, I don't know if they were shore troopers. It doesn't matter. Uniform so that no one will see his face. Um, And then they go in and then they're trying to get the location, but they're like, we need like a facial scan. So someone's got to do this. And then Din is like, I love my son so much that I will take off my helmet in this room full of people. And he does. Anyways, but then, but then they like all have brown eyes. And then Bill Burr, hey, <laughs> this was kind of cute. Megs Mayfeld killed everyone. Okay, i sorry. I just said that was cute. And then I followed it up with he killed everyone. But he oh, killed but everyone. He killed everyone so that technically no one saw his face like except for the fucking scanner but like nobody alive saw his and face he's now. like i won't tell anyone yeah no he was kind of real for that and then and then they get saved by um boba and fennec seismic charge oh god oh and then they let bilber go they're like you're not going back to prison oh Cara Dune is there because yeah. he's like her prisoner anyway chapter 16 oh but actually at the end of this episode is when Din Djarin sends that threatening okay he sends yes. a message to, let me let me rant about this because I have thoughts okay. he sends that message to Moff Gideon that's like word for word what Moff Gideon said to him the like you have something I want but but he changes it from it means more to me than you'll ever know to he means more to me than you'll ever know but in the recap for chapter 16 it says it he said i'm so serious he says he at the end of the episode and that's like the thing is like oh because he views grogu as a living being and moff gideon views him as just like a tool (laughs) for what reason that's so interesting i never noticed that it's okay it's fine chapter 16 i have watched this episode like hundreds of times i'm so serious like i haven't memorized um basically he oh my god he goes to recruit they go to recruit Bo-Katan and friends to help them well and friend because Axwoves is like off the face of the earth we don't know what happened to him and this is when we get the iconic scene where oh my god if I wasn't already bisexual I am now this is also the scene where this is like the number one thing everyone uses to be like Bo-Katan is horrible and awful she looked hot in this scene so did Boba and that's it I'm a complex human being. I can think that Boba Fett and Bo-Katan Kreese are hot and enjoy this scene from a bisexual perspective. Also important to note was that when I watched this scene for the first time, first of all, I was in like the thick of my I'm in love with Boba Fett era that I had actually been in since I was like a child, but it was really back in full force. And I also was convinced that he was going to die in this episode. (laughs) And that scene happened and I was like, I am fighting for my life trying to remain silent right now anyway um but then they get they convince bo to help them because she's like i want the dark saber back um so then they come up with this whole plan to like go on his ship and get grogu back and so 
they get to his ship Boba Fett just leaves which I was like scared he was gonna die and then he like was not in the episode that much um he leaves they break onto his ship and Din goes to find Grogu while the rest of them go to like take over the bridge and that's when the dark troopers get released and Din's like oh shoot and he like sends them all out into space but then one gets through and then they fight and then he wins and then he goes to get Grogu but Moth Gideon is in there and he's like I have your son and the Darksaber and then he slanders Bo-Katan Kree's not appreciated and then he's like you know what fine you can have your kid I got what I needed from him and then Din's like great and he goes to pick up Grogu and he's like psych and then he starts attacking him with the Darksaber and then they fight and this fight scene was really cool yeah that's all I have to say about that and then Din wins because he's slay um but he doesn't kill Moth Gideon because he's just cool like that and so then they show up at the bridge and Bo-Katan's like why are you holding the Darksaber and then Moth Gideon's like she can't take the Darksaber because she's over there in combat he's so annoying anyway and then she's like yeah it's true I can't just take the Darksaber from you and Jaren's just like I yield take it girl (laughs) He's like, girl, I don't want it. I really don't want it. Um, and then the dark troopers come back because they are flying robots so they can come back to the ship. Um, and then they're like about to bust down the door. And then Luke Skywalker shows up crazy. And he starts like cutting them up and like coming. And then he like shows up at the bridge and they're like, hey. It's the most insane like lightsaber scene. Also, the music in this episode is literally the best thing that I've ever heard in my entire life. It's phenomenal. Um, And then, okay, you know what? Actually, we need to talk about it. Moff Gideon picks up a blaster, shoots Bo-Katan Kree's like five times and then they don't show her for the next like 10 minutes. She falls over and then they do not cut back to her. I thought that she was dead and I was going to like march to Lucasfilm headquarters and like pound down the door. And then at then like 10 minutes later, she's just like, okay. And I was like, anyway, um, but Luke shows up and he's like, give me the baby. I'm going to train him. And then I cry because they say this goodbye, except I rewatched this episode the other day and they said their goodbye. And I was like, wow, I'm not feeling anything. Cause I know that they got reunited in like a couple exactly. weeks. Um, <laughs> But I did sob the first time I watched it, so. Me too. Also, R2-D2 showed R2-D2 up. And that was, up. That was so the dead. point where I screamed so loud. And I was at my friend's house and it's like 1 a.m. And we both screamed so loud. And we we're just like, oh my God. It is literally a two foot tall droid that just made us scream. The yeah. whole episode, we didn't make any noise. And it was that moment where I was like, also important, Din takes off his helmet in this scene so that Grogu can look at his face and Grogu like touches his face and it's literally like the first time that anyone has touched him in a non-threatening or violent way in like probably since he was a child. Not it even is literally literally since he was a child. And then Grogu goes with Luke. And then cut to after the end credits, Book of Boba Fett announcement, people died, me. <laughs> Um, the show ended up being terrible. Yeah, for like that year in between, I was having a great time. Right, so. right. It was a whole year of us being like, yes, so excited for Boba Fett. That was, and literally, it was my literally awful. Second favorite Star Wars character at the time, and now I like, I still like him, but I just don't like. It just made me so upset that I just like can't care anymore. So thanks for that book of Boba Fett. Um, also. Mandalorian season 2.5, The Book of Boba Fett, 
in which they play out an entire narrative arc with Din Djarin and Grogu, um, where Din Djarin is like, I have the dark saber, and then he goes and finds the armor, and she's like, said some stuff about Bo-Katan, and every person ever was like, oh my god, so true, and I was like, she's literally lying. Um, although I will say, I was re-watching that scene earlier, and I will say, the like, flashbacks to the like, Night of a Thousand Tears got me, got me emotional. Um, but only because I was thinking about how Bo-Katan Kryze fought so hard against the Empire only for them to literally level her entire planet. No, it's really, it's really upsetting, actually. We got through the whole thing. Thank you for listening to Fulcrum Transmissions. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Fulcrum Transmissions. Please feel free to send us questions. You can DM them to us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. Also, if you have any girl bosses you'd like us to do an episode for, you can send them in as well. If you enjoy our podcast, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd really appreciate it. Once again, thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode.